0: I was born in a third world country called Iran. And I was, when I was born, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was three years old. My dad came to Canada, and that was the last time I saw him. You know, so they got divorced, my dad left, I grew up without a dad. And at age three, we were started getting bombed by Saddam Hussein. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to another episode of the burn and I got to tell you what I am fired up because if you put me in the right environment, you're going to see my energy go to a whole new level. And I'm here with my buddy, Dr. Sam Bakhtiar and I'll tell you what, let me tell you where we are. We're in his garage. This is the nicest garage I have ever seen in my entire life. And this is just a couple of the cars. We got more cars outside, but it is so clean. I could eat off the floor in this place. And the reason why I'm being so specific about it is for a very important reason. Because you know about our show. You know about the burn. The burn is not all the stuff about the stories and the glitz and the glamour and all this. It's the pain that individuals have gone through to be where they are. It's that burn that lights their purpose and their why on fire. And Sam and I connected, buddies over Instagram. Now I'm here to interview, uh, he interviews me. I get to interview him. I'm here for work with the St. Louis Rams for the Seahawks game. And this couldn't have worked out more perfect because of this deep connection that we have because of the pain that he's been through. What you're gonna hear from Sam is the environments that he had to see and live through as a young boy made him dream about being in, in an environment that we're in right now. And what you're gonna hear, it's that burn that lit him up inside to cause him to take action that has resulted in having 116 gyms. The gyms are called the camp all over this country. It has caused him to be a speaker, doctor, author. I mean, you name it, Sam has done it, yet every day he's fighting, staying connected to that burn to be the very best father. I'm gonna get him to cry talking about his kids. (laughs) Be the best father and husband he can be he's fighting to get better every single day, Sam, thank you so much for allowing me to shift the cameras on you because uh, I, I know you prefer interviewing people rather yeah, than yeah. talking about yourself, yeah. but I want you to take us deep and help us understand that burn and your story and, and what you've had to fight through to achieve the way you have.
0: Well, brother, first of all, you know I appreciate you, you know giving me the opportunity to to talk about this you know um, and I will get, you know, you know, I might cry, but so I wasn't born in the most, in, the, in America. I was born in a third world country called Iran. And I was, when I was born, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was three years old. My dad came to Canada, and that was the last time I saw him. You know, so they got divorced. My dad left. I grew up without a dad. And at age three, we were started getting bombed by Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein attacked our country. I remember I was in school one day. Next thing you know, we hear poof, and a bomb drop. And everybody was like, "Oh my God, we're under war! We're under war!" Sirens went off, and from then on, every night, every single night, we had a total blackout in the in in the, in the city. You know, we heard planes, you know, flying above us. We saw anti-air missiles going up. It looked like it was fireworks, but it wasn't. It was war. And it was boom, boom, boom. We would go run down the stairs, and you know, and and, and try to bunker up. And that's what, that was my reality. And at age 12, they were recruiting people. They were recruiting all the boys to go to the military to fight the war. You know, even at, at 12 years old, and my mom was like, well, I don't want my only son to, um, to go to war and die. You know, and I, I need to get, that, get, out, get out of here. So we left the country. We came to France as refugees of war. And then after staying there for a year, we came to America as refugees of war. Me, my single mom, one luggage, and five hundred dollars in our name, and the only relative that we had in America was my uncle. My you know my uncle, which was uh, my my mom's brother, and when I was coming to America, Ben, I thought I was coming to Beverly Hills, because when I was coming to America, I was watching all these shows. And back then, you know, you probably remember Dallas (laughs) dynasty and the A-team. And I thought everybody has Cadillacs, swimming pools, mansions, Bentleys. I'm like, America, everybody's a multimillionaire. So we're going to go there and live this like, you know, we're going to live in mansions and things like that. Well, that was the rude awakening because my uncle picked us from the Pittsburgh airport. And we drove to a little town called Sharon, Pennsylvania, 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh in the middle of nowhere, right in the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania. And I think the average income of of a Sharon household is like $25,000 a year to this date. And it was 1985 where all the steel mills closed in the middle of crack cocaine epidemic. And I remember my uncle, first place he took us, he took us to his convenience store. His convenience store was in the middle of the worst neighborhood in the worst street where when I looked outside, I saw pimps, prostitutes, and drug dealers. And I looked back, there was abandoned buildings, brick roads, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I mean, is this where we, I'm like, where's America? Because this was what I didn't see on TV. (laughs) You know, if you thought being bombed on was bad, nothing was bad as coming to a new country, you don't know anyone, you know, and you don't speak the language, and you're in a homogeneous town where I'm the only minority that town has ever seen. When I went to school, there was black people, there was white people, and there was Sam. And they were like, what is you? That's what they were asking me, they were like, what is you? I remember that correctly. And now I'm in a new country, no friends, getting discriminated, <laughs> bullied, I got beat up. And my favorite thing in the world to do was play football, not your football, the world's football, right? and so i went to the guys council i said i, I want to enroll in seventh grade i want to learn english i want to play football they're like yeah football i'm like this country is fucking weird man i know <laughs> I, my, 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 my english is not that good but i know this is the foot and this is the ball they're like no that's called soccer and we don't have a soccer team we have football baseball and basketball football i didn't know nothing about i'm a huge fan of football now but i didn't know nothing about it then I thought, it was, I thought it was, that's not football, that's rugby, I think. <laughs> <You know? laughs> basketball, I knew what the object of the game was, but I didn't know anything about it. And um, baseball, to this day, I have no idea what the game's all about. To this day, I don't know anything about baseball. I'm like, why are yeah. still no different? Indie, I have no idea, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go play basketball, because at least I know I have to put the ball in the hoop. How hard can that be, right? Ben, I tried out for the basketball team. The coach said, go sit on the bleacher and I'm going to call your name. Whoever, you know, I called, they, they made the team. He called everyone except me. There was a guy by the name of Dan Candiotti who I had like triple focused on. He couldn't even dribble the ball. He couldn't even see the ball. He made the fucking team, Ben. I didn't make the team. I went home in the snow, walked two miles in the snow, crying the whole time, went to my mom and said, Mom, I want to go back to my old country. F this, this is not what I, you know, what I signed up for, nobody likes me, I don't speak the language, I'm getting bullied, I'm getting beat up, and I didn't make the basketball team, I'm being ridiculed, you know, his so mom was like, we don't have that choice. We moved here, so why don't you go to the boys club after school, you know, walk to the boys club from 2.30 to, f- to five o'clock, you know, play basketball, I come pick you up after work, you go home, do your homework, get better and try out next year. So that was the plan. So when I went there one day, I saw these guys, they're all walking like this. And I'm like, well, I want to look like that. You know, they look like, you know, you know Rocky and Sylvester Sloan and Arnold. So that's when I fell in love with weightlifting. And that's when I started, you know, you, know, you know, being obsessed about human anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and nutrition. Every time I got a low allowance, I went to GNC first Tuesday of the month. You know, buy the latest amino acid, latest, you know, protein. I would do, I would literally do a set of curls. I would pop an amino acid pill. I would look flex in the mirror be like, what happened? What happened? Did something happen? Did something happen? And, um, and that's when I knew what I want to do in
1: my life. Let, so let me actually, let me, yeah. let me So here's what's interesting. Because many people, they see what they want. They verbalize that's what they want, but they choose to do nothing. If everybody pays attention to what you just said, you said, I saw an example of what I wanted to be, and then you immediately took action. Yeah. When we put this in the context of the burn, the pain, the fight, not getting chosen for the basketball team, bombs being dropped on you, going to Sharon, Pennsylvania, which is not what you thought America was going to be. Hey, I going to say on the record, I got whooped by a girl. <laughs> Getting hey, beat up by a girl. I got, I got, I got whooped by a girl. And,
0: and, and we're friends now, but I remember when I first got, you know, I was a little dude. You know what I mean? It was a big old girl, man. And she said something to me, I said something to her, and I remember next thing you know, I was on the fucking floor, bro. You know what I mean? So,
1: so th- those experiences, too, that helped you shape, okay, if that's the way those guys are, I'm going to figure out what the work is and I'm going to have that. Yeah. And here, when we were doing your show, you said 31 years you've been waking up putting in your work in 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 the gym right now doctorate doing this type of work 116 gyms the 1% nutrition brand all of these things all because you made a choice to say that's what I want and then you went and did something about it but something tells me you shifted your perspective to say nothing's gonna keep me from having that so take us there so you know Obviously, like,
0: in a Persian culture, you know, nobody in my family worked out. Nobody was an athlete. Nobody was an entrepreneur. My mom said, growing up, you can only be three things in left if you want to be successful. Because if you're not a doctor, lawyer, engineer, then you're just a fucking bum, basically. So my mom walked away and said, I prefer you become a doctor. And so the whole time, I'm like, okay, my mom wants to be a doctor, but I don't want to do surgery. I don't want to see blood. I don't want to drill somebody's teeth. That's not me. So I remember, by, by the grace of God, I got hit by a drunk driver. One time, late at night, I got hit by a drunk driver. My car was totaled. Thank God I was safe. The, guy, the, the guy's uh, blood alcohol level was 0.41. The highest in the state of Pennsylvania ever seen. The guy hit me, got out of the car, goes, who hit you? I'm like, you hit me, what you <laughs> like? Like, The guy couldn't even walk. So, so that, you know, they, they told me if I want to get healed up, I was all banged up, go see a chiropractor. So I didn't know what chiropractor was. So I went to the chiropractic office. And I, saw, I was like, they was like, Dr. Machuga. <clears throat> I'm like, Dr. Machuga. I Dr. Machuga, you're a doctor? Yes. What do you do? He goes, well, I align people's spine, I work on muscles and bones and stuff. Well, that's what I'm into. So then that's when I knew I'm going to become a chiropractor so I can tell my mom <coughs> that I become a doctor. But I chose that path because chiropractor has to do with muscles, bones, and all that. Not that I want to do it, but I want to learn all about it. You know, and my mom was totally against me bodybuilding. My mom, my family, everybody. You know, they're like, who, why would you want to put your body through that kind of stress? Why do you not want to eat our food? Why are you carrying around, you know, you know, chicken breast and, and broccoli? Why would you want to do that to yourself? You know, you know, this is this is the craziest. You know, bodybuilders, we have to shave our body. Yeah the first time I shaved my body, my mom cried. she's like, Why are you sh- are you a girl? What's going on? <laughs> like, like it was it was like it was like a huge, huge, huge deal. But you know what? I want to become a bodybuilder. I want to become a transformation expert. And you know what? God has made me one stubborn son of a bitch. And if I want to do something, I will say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If I need to get up at one o'clock, I will get up at one o'clock. If I need to get up at three o'clock, if I don't need to get sleep, I'm just a guy who says, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Because I believe wholeheartedly that any one of us can do whatever we want. As long as we're willing to pay the price to get there.
1: What you saw with your two eyes as a child. What you saw with your two eyes as an adult, right? The choice is to put in the consistent work over decades. I want you to take us now. I want to finish here because it's so important, and I saw you get emotional with it. How has your fight of your life prepared you to be a great dad?
0: Well, brother, um, growing up, I didn't know I had a chip on my shoulder what I grew up later. Because I just grew up without a dad. And I remember, like, I wasn't privileged as the other kids. I wanted a bike, but my mom was a single mom. We were living in welfare. We had you know, low income housing. I couldn't afford that. And for me, I always wanted that father figure in my life to be able to teach me. To this day, I don't even know how to put a. You see one of, you, you see those <laughs> things right there. I can't even put a painting on the wall without it being crooked. <laughs> I got to call somebody because never had a male figure say, "Hey, here's how you put the nail in the wall," you know. And I told myself, man, you know, once if God ever blesses me with children, I want to become the best dad that I can possibly be with them, not just give them things, but be able to be there teach them, and guide them. So that's my whole entire why. My whole entire why is to be able to be that father I never had, be able to be that provider my mom never had. And for me, it's such a pleasure to know that my wife doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to, you know, that my kid doesn't have to want for anything, and also be able to take them and guide them through all the experiences and be able to give them the life I never
1: had brother I appreciate your heart you. the inspiration that you walk with in life the consistency in which you do things whether it be Instagram and we're going to make sure everybody gets and follows your your Instagram you. you know darn near a million followers because of your consistency the messaging but it's all heart man yeah, thank you it's heart and it's the fight that you've been through and the burn that makes you so special and I know that's why we connected the way that we did yeah. so I just I appreciate you And and, you know I'm gonna say one more thing, because we talked about this earlier. So many people, they see the fancy cars and they think you had it easy. (laughs) Don't look for the easy way, right?
0: You know what, easy way doesn't build character. You know, if there was an easy way, there's no easy way, You, you know, there's no elevator to success. You gotta take the stairs. And if there was an easy way, you know, let's just say you inherited stuff. You know, let's just say this was once given. It wouldn't mean anything. I love the work. I love the process. I love to be able to become not, it's not about the Lamborghini. It's not about the Ferrari. It's not about the mansion. It's about who you become in the process. And that's what's more important. When I, when I thought all this stuff would make me happy. But you know what I found out lately? Not too long ago, when everything I have is all paid off. There's nothing I owe on Anything. And I'm like, you know what, if this all taken away tomorrow, I'll be fine as long as I can grow and contribute.
1: And you do that so consistently, which is why I love you. And I hope that's what people realize is that it's not about this. It's about what in your heart is staying connected to your burn. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me, Ben. And I'm in your corner, mm-hmm. man. Thank you. <laughs>